CD with all shows. All right. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate your calling in, and I, I, it's been a long time, and we, we get concerned, you know? No, I, I still listen. Okay. Well, we see, we don't know that unless you call in and let us know. In fact, I, I called Bill Bragg this week also. Oh. He had a question on there where he was wrong, and I called him up way. <laughs> they were talking about Humphrey Bogart. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and he said that, uh, where did he get his start? And they didn't know, so I called him up and told him. Well, good. He was. He got his start on Broadway. That's right. In a play, in a play called The Petrified Forest. That's true. Leslie Howard. Um, he insisted on Humphrey Bogart. That's right. Having that part in the movie. And Leslie Howard's responsible for uh, for Bogart even being in the movie because people didn't think he was handsome enough to even be in the movies. Right. And, and Leslie Howard made that part of the package deal. Yeah, and he really didn't have a pretty face, but his voice went with his face. And I think that makes yes. a difference. You know, when you get a rugged man and he's got a pansy voice, it doesn't match. And when you've got a little squirt of a guy who, like Mr. Peepers or, you know, like Wally Cox, if he had a booming voice like uh, 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 an opera singer, it just wouldn't match. But Humphrey Bogart and his voice went together beautifully, which was nice because that's what he had <laughs> He's one of my favorite actors. Pardon? He was one of my favorite actors. He really? He's not. He was never on top of my list, which doesn't mean he wasn't a fabulous actor. He's just not on the top of my list as one of my favorites. Well, one year they had a, a con not a contest, but they, I don't remember who it was, but they, they had a name that had a lot of actors and actresses. And you had a vote for which one you thought was the best actor or actress. Uh-huh. You know who won? Humphrey Bogart, yep. Catherine Hepburn. It just so happens they played together in The African Queen. Uh, well, you know, and I still think that. if they, they let the all-time actors, he's still in the top one or two of all time. And I hate to tell uh, Patricia this, but you know who the singer was? Female singer? Doris Day. Uh. <laughs> Would you hate to tell me that? She was she was voted number one female singer. Why would you in hate? The 20th that? century. Help me here, Walden. I, you know, I think when there's a radio playing in the background, the delay makes a difference here. John, why would you hate to tell me that it was Doris Day? She she was like another one of yours that wasn't your favorite. <laughs> oh, she's just a, I mean, she's a wonderful singer, and I love listening to her. But if you ask me who my favorite was, she wouldn't be it. So there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to We got it. If people haven't seen the news, Doris Day just had a, a brand new album out. It's out? It's out. It's, it's out last week. At age 87, she had put out a brand new album. 87? Yes, with three new songs that she just put it put it in the package. A lot of these are songs she recorded in the 80s with her son, and when her son passed away seven years ago, uh, she decided it was time for her to go back in the studio, so she recorded three new songs, put it in this album, and it's out, and it's number one in England. Have you heard any of the new songs? I have not. I've been working behind the scenes to get her on the show. 
And so I've gone to a private secretary. If I don't hear, I'm going to go to the PR company. Okay, for that night, she's going to be my favorite singer. Well, I hope so. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. But, funny. But anyway, no, she got a brand new album out at age 87. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, John, your assignment is to call in more often. Can you do that? I do. That's your assignment. Well, I'll let you go now because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people waiting to call. Okay, well, I'm so glad that you did call, and um, I'll, I'll go find more old shows for you. I'm happy to do it. All right, that Have her find things for the Yanks. You bet. And thanks for the Yanks. Uh, and if I don't talk to you again, have a nice holiday. All right, John. Well, but thank you, and same to you. Enjoy. Take care. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, there's our buddy John. There's a radio playing in the background, even when it's low, between the delay and the conversation and what's going on in the background. Well, I've shut everything down multiple times. No, no, pardon? I have, I, I try to make sure everything was shut down here. Oh, no, 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 not not with you, but, for example, if, if a listener calls in, uh-huh. even if the radio is... Uh, or so you think they got the computer going on in the background it's or something? Audible. Yeah. It, everything gets mixed up. Yeah. Hello there, you're on the air. The Hello, guy? Walden and Patricia. This is Ken Goff in Michigan. Oh my gosh. How in the... <laughs> Ken Goff, the one, the only true legend of United States USA. How you doing? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm doing fine. How are you folks doing? Be good. Ken, how many years you been on this station now? It's got to be close to 10, right? Well, let's see. I started in March of, Mar- or April, rather, of 2003. So, what is that? Uh, eight, eight, going on a nine. Yeah. Okay. Almost nine years. Holy cow. Boy, we're growing old together, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so scary. I stopped asking people how old their kids are because, you know, eventually you get to the point where you remember them as toddlers and saying, Ball, please. Toy, please. And they're graduating from college. You know, I just don't want to hear that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to go back several conversational threads, if Patricia were to say to me, Hashu, I would have to say Gesundheit. (laughs) I think she was sneezing. I know. I know. (laughs) And you even spent time in in the Northeast. I mean, really. Right. Like right. I, I don't remember ever hearing anybody say it that way, but... Uh, boy, oh boy. She really... Suppose they probably did. Well, now, Ken, because you hit a, a lot of country, a lot of states. Did you guys ever get a, a handbook how to pronounce certain words for certain areas of the country? Uh, no, <laughs> but I probably should have. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't even just pronunciations either. It was like whole, whole different words. Like here in the Midwest... A bottle of Coca-Cola is also referred to as pop. Right. Yes, that's. But out east and down south, it's soda, or in even some places, soda pop. Huh? Now here we go. You said out east. Yep. Isn't that and that's regional? I've, yeah. That's so and I was out. I was in the east so long that I still now call it soda more often than pop. And so now that I'm back in the Midwest, where I came from originally, people. Uh, kind of look at me strange, like, So when, oh, when, really? when, when, I'm just wondering, you know, when, when you go to a restaurant, yeah. how do you order it? I mean, here in the West Coast, we just order, we just use the generic 
I'll have a Coke, even though it's Coke or Pepsi or whatever. Well, that, that's what I do. Uh -huh. I'll, I'll say I'll have a Coke or a Pepsi, whichever it is you have. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. And I, yeah. <laughs> I just say I'll take diet whatever you have. Uh -huh. Diet whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? And that's my order, diet whatever. Mm -hmm. I would do yeah. the same thing. Makes sense. <laughs> what? Everything I say makes sense. We know that. <laughs> Oh, silly me. Uh -huh. Kenneth, do you have a favorite story or movie or Christmas show or children's story or radio show Christmas-related? I have a favorite Christmas movie. That would be the British film version of A Christmas Carol, which I guess technically was Scrooge. But it's the Christmas Carol story, and uh, the part of Scrooge is played by an English actor named Alistair Sim. And to me, that's the quintessential ver movie version of that story. Interesting. Uh, probably coming up a close second would be It's a Wonderful Life, yeah. which I think is Walden's favorite. Yeah, uh -huh. that's number one, you bet. And, and um, radio show uh, might be a tie between... Um, uh, any radio version of it, of, of, of A Christmas Carol, and also the uh, Jack Benny Christmas shopping one. Yeah, those are great. Especially the one, I don't know if it was this, if he shopped for this the same every year, but there was one year when he was trying to decide between um, shoelaces with plastic tips or steel tips. December 8th, 1946. Look at this guy. I mean,. How do you stand up against something like this, Patricia? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's Mr. Old Time Radio. <laughs> yes, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Jack Benny also was buying a gopher trap for John Wilson one year. Yes, nineteen fifty-two. Was yeah. that? It was all the way into fifty-two. Well, that one was a hoot. Oh um, uh, yeah. <laughs> did Jack have a gopher in his yard? So he was buying buying Don a gopher. I can't remember what the circumstances. He, well, Don was Don was. Talking about passing golf and there was a golfer and a golfer in a golf hole or something like that. Ah, okay, okay. So that's that's what he was doing. He was in the sporting goods section uh -huh. and Mary couldn't understand that. And he said he was going to buy a gopher trap for Don. Yeah. <laughs> I I know she just maybe did a Christmas shop since the thirties, but I don't think they really got good until 1946. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Once? I love. The Jack Benny Christmas show where he's trying to fix the Christmas lights himself. Yes. And each time they get plugged in to try, he's still holding it and he'll just pull it out, pull it out, pull it out. <laughs> great, great lines. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Okay, Jack Benny, you picked a good one with that. Yep. Okay. Uh, favorite Christmas song? Oh boy, that'd be a hard one. I, I guess I'll go with Silent Night. Can't go wrong. I wonder how many versions been recorded of that. I bet. I bet there had to be. I bet there's probably more artists singing that version than any other song. I was probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably hundreds of versions of that. I think yeah. that's something that a lot of people don't realize. I mean, there's really not that many different Christmas songs. Mm -hmm. It's just that there's everybody's version of those songs. Right. That's why back when I was in radio, people usually no later than Thanksgiving Day would start calling, why aren't you playing Christmas music yet? So you'd start playing it, and then by the time Christmas Day got there, they were so tired of hearing it, when are you going to stop playing that? 
Music. <laughs> Not us. Walden and I can have Christmas any time you'd like to play them for us. That's right. <laughs> any time at all. And I, I'm serious. I do listen to Christmas music all year long. It's it's the best background music I would, know. Would radio station have a, a total session for Christmas music? And how do they keep their... Yeah, they, they, they keep them separate. In the, it's usually a, a room in the radio station. It's the record library, and they keep the Christmas uh, songs separate. Uh, there'd be, uh, well, back when I was on radio, there'd be albums and 45s, and uh, then it got to be, uh, in the last few years I was in radio, it turned into everything was on CD. But, yeah, they'd keep them separate in the uh, thing. And um, So was everything else being alphabetical order? It'd be by artist, oh, yeah, okay. by the okay. artist's last name, or um, like Crosby, Bing Crosby would be under C, uh -huh. uh, and they'd usually have like a, a whole wall of pigeonholes, and in each pigeonhole would be one letter of the alphabet, and all the 45s or albums would be in there. Huge leap of faith that each of their DJs knew who sang what. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at one station I worked at, they had a, uh, it was a country music format, and they had a nice, um, I don't know, it was many hours long, uh, and it was on reel-to-reel -reel tape, and you, there'd be, in each hour, there'd be Christmas music, but there'd also be country singers who'd come on and reminisce about uh, what Christmas was like when they were growing up or anything they wanted to talk about that had to do with Christmas. And uh, so that, it was a nice thing to play for the listeners and, uh, you know, for those of us that had to be at work on Christmas Day, it was, you didn't have to work as hard because you'd just, at the beginning of the hour, you'd put this reel on and it would take you through the whole hour and then you'd just have to switch it off, do the news at the top of the hour and then get the next one going the next hour. So I, I remember well, I, I, I remember the seventies our country station out here in LA would have Christmas special hosted by old country personalities, like they would have Tennessee Early Ford and John Denver. Yep. And I was I was hitting Larry Gaff and said, Do we have any that can I would love to hear some of those old Special that in the 70s it was pretty popular they would have a personality host or one or two hour Christmas special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and so far I haven't come across those, but I, I have fond memories of that. Well, the one I was talking about, I think it was called Christmas in the Country, mm -hmm. and there wasn't any particular host. Right. But uh, like I said, it, it must have been at least 12 hours long. That's pretty And nice. uh, during the course of each hour, you'd hear from all those type of personalities, like I said, they reminisce about um, uh, mm -hmm. what Christmas was like in their household when they were growing up, and uh, made for very interesting listening. Good format. During the year, not during the year, during, yeah, during the year, not the Christmas season, during the year, was it easy enough for you to pull a Christmas song to tuck in the middle? For example, if you said, okay, today we're celebrating Christmas in July, could, could you easily access the Christmas stuff? Well, it would depend on uh, what, what station I was working at. But, yeah, most of the ones that I worked at, um, you could you'd just go into the record library and uh, pull one, like you said, and, and, and say, okay, it's July 25th, so we're celebrating Christmas in July, and... 
and here's this song. And you might get a funny look from the music director through the window of the studio, but, but you could usually do it and get away with it. We're celebrating Christmas in July, and you can drop the presents off at the door. I'll be right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I have some, I have some Christmas trivia questions, and I have some radio trivia questions. And I have okay, uh, give me a Christmas trivia question. Oh, you're picking the easy stuff. All right, let me see here. Nobody's fool. Ooh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's do Christmas shopping with Fibber McGee and the Great Gildersleeve. Oh, boy. All right, yeah, Christmas shopping. Each one had a favorite department store. Now, I've, I'm going to do the hard thing because you're one of our DJs. I'm going to ask you which one did each of them shop at. Oh, man. Oh. Holy cow. I have, I have any idea at all. <laughs> it does seem to me like there was, that Sibber had some place that he favored, but I'll never be able to remember what the name of it was. Brother, okay, well, then I'll give you the whole question that I was going to give to everybody, so fair is fair. Okay. All right, the Great Gildersleeve, I'm reading the question as I have it worded. The Great Gildersleeve and Fibber McGee and Molly each had a favorite store where they did their Christmas shopping. One shopped at the Bonton, and the other shopped at Hogan Brothers. Which one did Fibber McGee and Molly shop at? I'm going to say Bonton. I can't believe you hesitated on that. Yes, it was the Bonton. All right, Ken. That, that was that was the store I was thinking of. It had a distinctive name, but apparently not distinctive enough for me to remember it and, until I heard it. You know, the Bon the Bonton sound like an upscale store, doesn't it? If you think about the right. name. It, yeah. I agree. It, it sounds like it uh, almost a French flavor to it. Hogan yeah. Brothers Brother sound like more like a Feather McGee and Molly place. Yeah, it was more like a Gimbel's or a Macy's uh -huh. mind because it had more than one floor and it had a department for everything. So I always envisioned that one as a, a small Macy's. You know, you remember guys when we were younger that when you go to a department, they always had the bell in the background. Uh -huh. Ding, ding. What was that bill for? I figured it out, I think. Okay. Maybe somebody else will be able to do that. They were looking for particular people, like a supervisor in ladies' yeah. lobby. I think that's what it was. Okay. I think everybody had a, it was, it was paging people, and okay. everybody had a certain number of tones. That, you know, if you heard three tones, that was the manager of the store mm. that they were looking for or something like that. Mm. It's the store's version of by. By Granny, I think that's our ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did hospital exactly. did hospitals use the same system, Patricia? No, what? we paged. Because I seem to remember in the hospital, didn't they? In the early days, have a bing bing. Mm, I never had a bing bing. Okay, you never had a bing bing. Huh? <laughs> she never worked at the bing bing hospital. <laughs> it was interesting. We had we did not have uh, pagers or phones or you know anything that we walked around with, mm -hmm. and. In, in the nighttime, now this, this was over a PA system, you know, everybody would get paged. So no matter where you were, you couldn't hide. <laughs> and we had stores in three buildings and nobody could hide. But at night, you didn't want to do this at night. So the operators would open a microphone and tap on them. 
So like building three's supervisor might have two taps and the supervisor for the emergency room might have one tap. So if you heard a tap coming over at the PA system, which, which we were all aware of, but the, it wouldn't wake up the patients. So that's the way they, they got people at night. Ah. I thought it was kind of a clever system, uh -huh. but. Yeah. Anyhow, okay, well, Kenneth, that means that I can send you something in an envelope. What would you like? Uh, let's see. Um... This sigh of relief is sponsored by... That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this long piece of dead air yeah. that you never want to hear. Uh, <laughs> oh, let me think. Let me think. I'm finally starting a list of the shows. As I pull them out to make CDs for people, I'm writing them down so that eventually I'm going to have at least a decent list and I can say, okay, I'll read off all of the detectives to you or I'll read off all of the comedies to you. So I've got a wonderful collection of Christmas shows. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. I'd like that. Okay, you got them. Christmas shows for Kenneth. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, do you have snow yet, Ken? Have the snow shown up? Yeah, we've had, um, uh, right now there's just a light sprinkling out there on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, that's happened two or three times. And uh, it, it, it's been cold enough <laughs> the last couple of days, like, say, 23 degrees, oh. <clears throat> uh, that it sticks on the, the ground for a while. But we haven't had it one big blast yet. And I always say, uh, if they predict, if, you know, if they say, oh, better look out, coming this Friday, we're going to get six to seven inches of snow. Anytime they predict it, it's not coming. At least not that not not that many issues, inches. But um, if they don't predict it, then you better look out. And sooner or later, we'll get socked. We usually get, I'd say, two or three big storms. Some anywhere between late October and late March. You're in a part of the country where, if you're not awake on the Fourth of July, you miss summer. That's right. <laughs> Well, Kenneth, your job is to call in a little bit more often than once every 12 years. Okay, I, I think I can handle that, yeah. I'm always listening, and sometimes I'll, you know, I'll think about calling, and then you'll get a good string of callers, and I'll say, okay, well, I'll wait until uh, there's a break, and, and the next thing I know, I wake up and <laughs> six in the morning, and it's all over. But I promise, I, I've got so many uh, minutes on my phone, I really ought to be using them for something, so, <laughs> I'm so I'll use them to call you guys. I'm so glad you chose us, and our expression is, call fast, call early. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll make a note of that. There you go. Hey, Ken, thank you so much for calling. It was really nice talking with you. Yes, I've always a pleasure to talk to Mr. and Mrs. Saturday Night Live. Oh, hi. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. 714-545-2071. I was thinking about pulling out Glenn Miller's song, Jukebox Saturday Night, but we wrote a Christmas song tonight. Yeah. 714-545-2071. The family's just awake. Hello there. You're on the air. 
Good evening, it's Charles from New Jersey. Hello, Charles from uh, you were, New Jersey. Thank you for calling. How are you doing? Well, I'm all right. Just my, I don't know if it's a cold or just my sinuses. I don't know. Uh, well, it's just, just, it's just crazy. It's crazy weather. Like the other day was 70 degrees again. Now it's back down to 29. Uh, oh, yeah, it's like it's. Boy, I don't mind. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind the 70 degrees, but it's December and. If it's going to be cold, stay cold, you know? <laughs> the up and down is really hard. Yeah, it's like it's like one day, one like now I have the heat on. The other day it was 70. I had the window open and the ceiling fans on. <laughs> uh, you've got you've got 29. Ken has 23. I'm not going to tell you what I have, and neither is Walden, I don't think. Oof. Walden, are you going to tell? I haven't walked out, but let's put it this way. It was cold in the morning, but you know, once the sun started coming up, it's not bad at all. Oh, it's nice in the sun here, but yeah. it, you got that. I swear to God, I think I live in Chicago sometimes. We always get the wind all the time. That would but be I, the tough part, I think, having the wind. Oh, poor Walden. That would be tough. You're you're chilly tonight, Walden. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are. Well, I got my sweatshirt on, so that probably is a, is a good barometer. I can tell. Well, I mean, Charles would laugh at us, but I, I know, I know. I know it's chilly out there. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. He's got 55, and you know, truly, I, I know it sounds silly, Charles, but when you get into an area like Walden's, mm -hmm. when it's toasty most of the time, 55 can can be terribly uncomfortable. Well, just like Florida, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I joke around it, but it's true, yeah. You know, it's like. Down there, if it gets below most 70, people, Most people would think I'm crazy, but I got my electric blanket on almost all the time. I don't think you're crazy. <laughs> good stuff. Okay, Charles, I have a question for you. Have you heard, now you're in a, you're in a great place because you're kind of tucked around. You've got the Northeast, you've got New York, Pennsylvania, you've got all of these areas that have regional pronunciations. Which pronunciations catch your attention? Well, it's not really around here. I visited, I guess it's North Carolina, and nothing to get their great people whoever I met down there. But anything you said to them, they always came back and said, do what? Do what? Do what? That's what they would say. Like, I don't know if that's... But I, you know, once they said it, I had to repeat what I told them, and then they... I, it's, I don't know if it's a North Carolina Southern expression. Well, that's interesting because sometimes I say, say what? No, I'll, I'll, if I don't... Well, maybe because they're not used to the New Jersey accent. Nobody... Maybe that too, yeah, because, you know, they were all nice. You know, everybody I met down there, they were... Ha ha most of them were nicer people than New Jersey people. <laughs> it's like, but every time you say to them, it's like, do what? Mm -hmm. Oh, also, but, that's similar to my expression, if I don't understand. Say that, yeah. I, I'll say, say what? And <laughs> I'll be asking that you repeat something. Well, don't worry, Charles, nobody understands the New Jersey accent, so, you know, that's... <laughs> oh, some people say I have one. I say, I don't know. That's, what the heck is a New Jersey accent? <laughs> You got an accent. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you say so. You're doing good, kid. You just hang in there, okay? All right. Yeah. Say what? <laughs> yeah, say what? <laughs> Some people say roof, and other people say rough. <coughs> yeah, they do. I was up on the roof today, and I say roof, but we're going to hear from people from the Midwest who say roof. 
I was up on the roof today. Yeah. That's a rough roof. Now, in areas of Pennsylvania, they don't drink beer. They have a brew. Mm, brewski, yeah. <laughs> brew. I, I'm going downtown for a brew. <laughs> and depending on the area they're from, it can be pronounced a brew, like a long O, 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 or a brew, which is kind of cut short and... I, I don't have a phonetic equivalent for it, but it's really fun to, to listen to different pronunciations from around the country. So it's very fun always to listen to Charles's pronunciations. Hey, how you doing? This is good. Yeah, how, how you doing? How you, there you go. There you, I knew you had it in you. I knew. That's from, watch, that's from watching that TV show, yeah. What TV show? Come on, you. Was based. Was based in New Jersey. I know, but you yeah. like that all on your own. How you hey. doing? Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> boom, boom. How you doing, kid? What you doing? Hey, boo boo bear. <laughs> okay, do you want a question tonight? Well, I want to get you to to your theme. Oh. Usually I forget, or I just, you know. Oh, very excellent. Okay, what's your favorite Christmas anything? Story, movie, TV show? Well, TV shows, I have to uh, go with, uh, I think, mostly the TV shows, but Jack Benny is the best. It's like, with the I listen, I, I, well, with the old radio show, I'm sure it was made to a TV show, too, but it was one with uh, Jack bought Don Cufflinks. Okay, and that was on television? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was. I know the rest were. No kidding. I, I think, yeah. All right. Because I'm watching, you know, I'm, I have a channel, well, there's a channel called Antenna TV. Huh? And, and they have Jack Benny on, well, it's three in the morning, but I DVR it. And it's mostly, it's most of them match the t radio shows. Walden, did you hear this? He told me he was only up until two o'clock listening to you, but he's up I, at three o'clock listening to Jack Benny. Now there's something. I, I said I, they're on at three in the morning, and I DVR it, tape it. Oh God, I missed that. I apologize. Uh, my, my, uh, yeah, that's my uh, New Jersey accent, you know. I can... No, it's hard. Yeah, Patricia's not really used to that New Jersey accent. Uh, hey, you know, what are you doing here? Okay, so that's your television show. How about our favorite radio show? Oof. Oof. <laughs> not on the list. Oof is not on the list. There's a lot. I, well, the one, that, one of the shows you gave me the other night I listened to was Amos and Andy. Uh-huh. That's pretty good. Jack Benny, of course. Mm -hmm. And I heard a suspense one with Raymond Burr the other yeah. day. Out for Christmas. That's a good show. That's the one, yeah. yeah. Gee, how the heck you know? Yeah, so mostly all of them are good because, you know, you, you don't hear them all the time. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. And yeah, so it's like... And there are so many of them, you don't hear them all at Christmas either. versions sort of pop singers do them, Josh Groban and Michael Crawford. Josh Groban has a really nice voice. He does yeah. a good job with songs. Well, I'm, I'm looking for, last week was Christmas carols and Christmas songs, so I'm looking for the whole Megillah after that. What about cartoons or, um, you gave me television shows and radio shows, and um, even a Christmas play. You like Snoopy? 
I can... I, oh, no, okay. Like, a, like one of those, like, cartoon shows? Yeah, you can do that. Oh, I like the uh, Year Without a Santa Claus. Year Without a Santa Claus. Jeez, God. Stars uh, Mickey Rooney, I think, and, uh, uh, what's your name? Shirley Booth? Did they really not have a Santa Claus? It was a TV show, yeah. Did they, and they didn't have a Santa Claus? It was the Year Without a Santa Claus. I think he was sick. Oh, no. The one with that, I, I think it was called that. It's a fa it had that famous song, Heat Miser, and... Oh, and some... Never saw it. Oh, my. Somebody took over for him. Right? Oh, God, I see. Somebody took... He, yeah. Mrs. Claus took over for him, because he was sick. Okay, right. See, you got... She went to, then she went to Heat Miser, and they were brothers. Heat Miser, and I think... What was the other guy's name? Winter Miser or Cold Miser? One wanted winter, the other one wanted heat, so they were fighting. Oh boy. Okay, I can I can deal with that one. Okay, so um, <laughs> until I'm I'm kind of sneaking off here, getting a cup of coffee. I'm not in front of my computer. I'm not talking sports. I know you stopped talking before I got my coffee. <laughs> Okay, are you in the market for a question? Okay. <laughs> but you know, you sound so tentative, Charles. Do you think I'm going to do something really bad? Are you into Christmas or would you like old time radio? Well, I like both, but it depends what questions they are. <laughs> you know, Charles. Speaking of choir, where's Walden? I'm all ears. I think, oh. I, I'm just thinking here, maybe Patricia's going to ask you, I thought you were going to ask Patricia, well, give me one of each, and I'll pick which one I want to do. Uh, I want to start her on that, jeez. I know, I know. Really give me. I know. Okay, I'm going to ask you a Christmas question. You could ask me what ESPN stands for. Oh, we went through that last mm -hmm. week, that's right. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> New Jersey Bill. You've heard us talk about New Jersey Bill. He's he pops into the chat room every once in a while. He's one of our gang. Have you heard us mention him? I'm aware of a Jersey Bill that always used to call Bill and Mike. Okay, right. well that's right, that's right, that's him. Yes. That's him. That's New Jersey Bill. Yes, I'm aware of him. Yes. Yes, he has. Uh, now this is not this is not ammunition for you <laughs> because I was talking a B word one night. He called me Miss ESPN. <laughs> I've never forgotten that, nor have I forgiven it. So I'll, I'll have to mention that to him one night. That was really fun. It was, it was, it was great fun. We were talking. I, forgive me, I probably said this story over the air, but there's got to be somebody who didn't hear it. I was in the chat room one night. Now, New Jersey Bill, for a long time, he would come in maybe once every eight weeks, you know, I mean, it was a long time in between. And somebody was talking football history. And I came in with some information about an, a, a longtime retired football player. And some, I guess we were talking about different plays. And one of his really was a quarterback. And it was one of his really outstanding passes that nobody. And I finished up, I finished typing. Don't tell New Jersey Bill I'm talking sports. And I hit send. And at the same time I hit send, he popped into the chat room. <laughs> I mean, the timing was just incredible. And we laughed all night long about that. Can you imagine? I mean, the guy doesn't show up for three months. 
and I hit send with Don't Tell New Jersey Bill, and in he comes. And it, it was just such great fun that we had over that one. Yeah, he, used to, he used to call Bill and Michael every day or every night. What? Yeah. I know. I know he runs. Uh, I know he runs his own website. Well, he's got his own radio. Yeah. Yeah, his own radio station, which cuts in, of course, a lot of his time. So, you know, it did, but it, it was fun. So that's how I got my Miss ESPN. <laughs> so I have confessed. I have confessed. I talked. Well, do anybody know what ESPN stands for, really? Yes. I do. Okay. What, um, what do you got, Charles? Entertainment Sports Network. There you go. <laughs> Eventually, when, when ESPN got started, they were going to be... Entertainment besides sports. Yeah. All right. Now I've got one for both of you. Okay. Who who launched ESPN? What do you mean who launched? Uh, I mean, I mean the company. Was who was the father? Who created the network? I do not know. I think it started in 1979. In Bristol, Connecticut. Um. <laughs> oh boy. I think stumped us. Gotcha. <laughs> who founded ESPN? Uh huh. Hmm. Oh, darn. Jeez. Gotcha. Hmm. You know what's going to happen. I'm going to get phone calls. See what you made me do? Uh-huh. I'm going to get phone calls that question my hives when we talk, <laughs> when we talk S-words. It was Bill Rasmussen. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I can tell I blew you both away with that one. <laughs> yes, it was Bill Rasmussen. So, How'd you ever find that out? Um, he lived here for a while. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. So, you know, I probably shouldn't have told you that. I, I should have just said, well, you know, I just know these things. Because mm -hmm. I've been, I've, I listened to another network, and there's also uh, other people that call in here on that other channel I listen to. Uh-huh. Dr. Mike, and I think there's Jim Taylor in California. Of course. I mean, that, that, I, I, haven't, I, I haven't signed an exclusive contract with anybody, so everybody is permitted to listen to other stuff. Because I was listening to the, because uh, yeah, I was listening to that show. Well, they have a nightly show too. It's nine o'clock Eastern time, uh -huh. and they're having a Christmas Eve special. So I said, hmm, that's gonna be good. I can listen to them, and it'll go right into you. Hey. I think. That's we have we have the exclusive here. Okay. I'm well, yes, I hey, you know it's. Yeah, I'm going to ask you an old time radio question. Oh, that's where we're getting at. Okay. Are you ready? Got. Yes, I I gave you a choice and <laughs> it was up to me. So here it is, up to me. What was kryptonite? Oh Jesus. Oh, Charles. Why do you ask me that for? That's. Oh. That's, that's a Superman. Uh, I don't know if the right word is allergic to, or if he sees it or touches it or whatever, he gets weak. That's exactly it. Right. See? That's what, that's, that's what happens to me when I see food. I get weak. I have to eat it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just, okay, now we're working on another envelope for Charles. Go for it. What would you like? My mistake. I think I, because somebody, I think, who brought up. I asked you for box 13, right? And I sent it. You sent it. Well, if I didn't, it's in an envelope. I'm sure I sent it. Did you get your Christmas shoes? Yeah, I got that. When the heck did I put them? And at, at the same time, you, you, you had um, 
along the way. You had the Scarlet Queen, my friend Irma, Edgar Bergen, Box 13, Christmas shows. I got the, uh, I got Edgar Bergen, the Christmas shows, of course. Uh-huh. My friend Irma. Okay. And the Voyage of the, uh... The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. Yeah, but the Box 13 wasn't in there. Not Box 13. Well, then it's in... Thanks. Well, I don't know. I, see, I didn't see it in there. Hmm, I made it for somebody, so it might be in No, I asked you for it. I was just, well, you know. Well, I, I will locate it. If you, if you wait for just a second while you're thinking, I will go and go through my pile of what is finished. So I'm waiting for the, um, the mental gymnastics here. What would you like me to add? <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, yours truly, Johnny Dollar for Don. <clears throat> Theater Guild for Kurt. Comedy for Dan in Tennessee. True Detectives for Eva. Um, Don gets Arch Obler and Blondie. Somebody gets Blondie. I have to go back. Blondie. Blondie. Um, Lucy gets a suspense. These are special South African ones. Um, Lucy gets Strange Adventures. Thank you, Lucy. I got the Christmas card this week. So Good. I... Dennis gets Close, Cloak and Dagger. Somebody gets Escape. I'll look at the list for that one. Um, Bob in Michigan gets Nick Carter. Philip Marlowe goes to Dan. Kurt gets um, Screen Director's Playhouse. I haven't come across this yet. Screen Director's Playhouse. Screen Director's Playhouse. Uh, Candy Matson. Iran gets, I have to see what is it. Iran gets Box 13. Um, yeah, I hope that's not yours. I'll have to go back and check. Iran um, gets... Oh, he, he did. I'm Clyde Deity. There it is. He was asking about those two tonight. Charles gets box 13. There it is. All right. Okay. No wonder I can't. Forgotten. I've got some. No problem. I just, <laughs> I was thinking, I said, okay, I know I pulled them out and maybe I'm, I just thinking, okay, maybe got stuck in the envelope. I hope not because I pulled yes. out. Got stuck in the envelope. That's the ticket. I'm only kidding. I've got it. <laughs> See, all these things are made. They just have to get into the envelope. Oh, I hate all right, what would I you know, do? I know, in a way, I, I'm always only joking with you, I'm not, you know. I know. Busy and... It, it's like S-words. You just... just now, with the, now with the post office, who the heck knows what's going to go on. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Did you pick one? Did you pick one? Did you pick one? <laughs> I think I'm, I'm getting into now listening on the YUSA and that deluxe radio theater. Uh-huh. I have they're, it. They're good shows. Would you like that? Yes. Right, you've got it. Oh, see how accommodating I am. Oh, yes. Gee, Willikers, Lux Radio Theater. Okay. So your schedule for Christmas Eve is you're going to be both together Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Frank Brasile will join me at the top of the show on the Friday, then Patricia will come on around 11 o'clock. That'll be 10.30 Eastern, not 2 a.m. Correct. Yeah, I am... Um, <laughs> Uh, this, that last night is the last hooky oh. time I get to play. Yeah, right. He says it, but he doesn't. Mm. Um, I have a couple of interviews I'll, I'll be running on Friday and su Sunday, brand new ones, uh, to add to the features. But no, Patricia and I are planning to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Christmas Eve weekend. So we'll... F and he's not even giving me holiday overtime. No, uh -oh. but, you know. Imagine. We haven't negotiated her, her bonus plan yet for the year. 
Oh, and New Year's weekend two uh-huh. days or just the one? Well, all three. Ooh. All three. She she's not getting away easy this year. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, we can always you know we can always chip in and give her a uh, you know a bonus. Oh, you know, tickets to her favorite sports team. Oh, we can send her to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So there you go. In Miami, the new baseball, you know, yeah, not new baseball, yeah, yeah, but they're yeah. going to Miami, you know. We can hey Charles. Yes. We could send you to spring training in Fort Myers. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. They got all them teams down there, mm-hmm. sure. We can uh, give her, you know, for, hey, one one ticket to each team every day. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed how quiet I am here? <laughs> now, now I'll get yelled at because I told her in the email I wasn't mm-hmm. going to talk sports. But she brought it up, but oh. Patricia brought it up first. Oh, I didn't. Yes, you did, ESPN. You asked me who would have... <laughs> you guys said ESPN first. Well, okay, I will put Lux Radio Theater in your envelope. I will tuck it in with Box 13, which clearly is done because I went through my stack of CDs there, and I will get it out to you. Okay, and also to John and Ken, don't be shy and call, and call every week. Yeah, call every yeah. Everybody should call every week. There you go. We'll send you the bill later, everybody, for those who you call in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get 10 cents from everybody for my overtime. Okay, Charles, you go to and your... 20, and 20 cents for our aggravation. Oh. From you, sure. Oh. <laughs> I think I deserve 50 cents from you. Yeah. Watch it. <laughs> It's in the mail. In the mail. Right, the check is in the mail. You go forth and feel better, and we'll talk to you soon. I'll live. I'll be, I'll be listening. All right. You'll live. Just want you to feel better while you're alive. I don't think I'll never feel better. <laughs> yes, you will. Okay, thanks for calling. You're welcome. Do, do feel better. Oh, yes, I will. Thanks. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Phones are open. 714. Five four five two zero seven one. Well, I've got something that I'm going to save for next week, but I'll I'll give a heads up on it for this week. And next week we're going to be late. No, you're going to be late. I'll be here, but I can't. Well, I'll be here, here. too. I want everybody to know that I will be here. I'll be I, here. I just can't get on the air. We can just take phone calls off here. Yeah, we could do that. Well, we can't talk to each other, though. You could talk to them. I could talk to you. <laughs> you can be the relay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fun. Okay, for next week, and people have to do some thinking on this. I came up with 2, 4, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20. Hello, you're on air. Hello, I hear Patricia accounting. Yeah? Is that you, Dan? That's me. Why are you, why are you counting? Money? <laughs> Yeah, she's looking at her postage cards or postage stamps or... Who are we talking with? That's Dan from Indiana. Oh, gosh, I do this to you all the time, Dan. And I've got, did you notice while you were listening, I've got your, your CDs made for you? Did you really? Yeah. It's your heart. <laughs> I, I mentioned your name. It's just that, and for everybody like you who has been waiting for CDs, I'm going to put Christmas CDs in there as well as a little thank you. For are you going to charge some extra for that? No. Oh, okay. Because everybody's been so patient, except for Charles, who's been picking on me. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> he 
he wasn't picking on me because he got his CD. Well, yes, I, he, I owe him box 13. So anyway, you, your envelope will have Christmas shows in it as well. So how That'll you be great. That'll be great. I would like to request a Doris Day song, please. A Doris Day huh? what, what song? What would you like to hear? I would like to hear something off her new CD. Once I get it, you bet. I need. I will order it this week and get it. Well, if Patricia was vigilant, she'd look in her email and see that I sent her a link to the new CD, which is twelve ninety nine, I believe, uh-huh. on, on Amazon, and there are sample clips too. So maybe Patricia can forward that to me, and I can play a clip. How come Patricia is the one who has to be vigilant? <laughs> And I hear, there's something wrong with this picture, sir. <laughs> Pardon me I, while I go vigil, okay? I'll be right back. <laughs> well, thank you, Dan. That's pretty nice. And it sounds really nice. Uh, there are uh, sample clips on Amazon, and you can go on there and hear about 30 seconds of each tune, including, um, was Terry Melcher her son? Yes, that was her, okay. that was her son, yeah. yeah. And uh, he has a tune on there, too. He, he, for people who know, he was sort of the help driving force in the 60s for the Archies, the rock and roll band. And that was sort of Terry, Moore, Terry Milcher's uh, part. That was her son. And he passed away in 2004 with cancer. Mm-hmm. And these were songs he recorded with her in the 80s. And then she here recently decided to go back and throw out the album with three new songs, so... Well, you, it, it's pretty hard to, from what I heard on there, you know, like I said, 30 seconds of each yeah. clip, but it sounds like uh, she, her voice is holding up very well. That's good. Like, you, you couldn't really tell, or I couldn't tell whether one was recorded this year or, you know. In the 80s, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I have but, vigiled. Uh, I have vigiled. You found it? Yes, you have Dan's email now. Oh, right. Oh, boy, I'm, I'm getting it from all sides tonight. I know. Merry Christmas, Dan. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. I went through finals the last two weeks. Did you pass? I passed with Lion Curling. All right. Um, <laughs> no, we, uh, we were open till 2 or 3 a.m. Uh, each night at the library at the college and um you know when you're up that late it's you know it's a little rough did anybody ever say thank you for staying open or bring you guys a pizza or anything we did have some nice people say that they were very thankful we were open that late that's nice and uh you know you did have the occasional student coming in at you know one o'clock saying i need you know one more resource or you know something like that. Um, I need help at one o'clock in the morning, so, you know, you just consume lots of caffeine. In fact, we serve coffee to the uh, students coming in, and they were grateful for that. And uh, Would you give a rundown on what you're talking about, Dan? Do what now? Give a rundown for others who weren't familiar or didn't know that you were doing a special project here. Yeah, I, I work at a university, and we, uh, we keep the library open uh, till. Uh, Late, we we keep it open late during the uh, final two weeks of the semester. You know, I know when I was going to school, college in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, computers were somewhat new. 
and uh, at UCI, University of, they kept their computer lab open 24 hours a day, and they still had kids sitting on the, on the porch waiting to get in and use the computer at 3 or 4 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So those days, I think, are finally gone. Everybody got a computer, I guess. We have uh, laptops that we loan out, and then we also have, on one floor, we have, I believe, around 40 computers. Laptops? Laptop you rent out? That's amazing. We have 25 laptops that we rent out uh, that stay in the library. They do not go out the front okay, door. Okay, okay. Um, but then throughout the library, we just have uh, desktop models. And like I said, there's 40 on our first floor. We have another computer lab with about 30, and then we have a whole Mac lab with about 30. And it's in the library building itself. Yay! So I'm assuming you're, then you might be all Wi-Fi hooked mm-hmm. up, right? Yes, wow. we are. We we have Wi-Fi throughout the whole. Mm-hmm. We have Wi-Fi throughout the whole 134-acre uh, campus. Wow. So it's pretty nice. We have uh, you know Wi-Fi in all the dorms. In fact, I take my laptop and I just open it, and you've got coverage right there. Very excellent. So do you still have books in the library? <laughs> we still have books in the library. Actually, I look through the new. Uh, books that are coming out, and I um, determine which ones we need to purchase. I am so happy to hear that because there are libraries that are going strictly digital now. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we also subscribe to um, digital um, electronic books, e-books. We uh, subscribe to a service called uh, eBrary, and we also subscribe to a service called Net Library. Uh-huh. Which, uh, it, its name changed to ebooks earlier this year. Do you have any old-time radio books in the library? We have a few. You know, uh, we, we try to just buy something on all the different topics. So which one do you recall what old-time radio books you might have? I believe we've got, you know, several from, like, FDR's Fireside Chat. You know, I, I can't come up with titles offhand because, uh, you know, I... But you can always go to the school and read and call from there and give it the titles. That way we can always beat people over your way. I could I could make a list of titles and send it to a vigilant one. <laughs> <laughs> vigilant one also has your email with a link to the YouTube rendition with um, Shirley Booth and Mickey Rooney singing uh, yes. here without a Santa Claus. And I wanted to know if the lovable one over there would like me to forward that as well. Of course. Lovable would love adorable to do that. I will, I will do vigilant, vigilant adorable, or the adorable vigilant. (laughs) (laughs) That was really nice of you to do that, Dan. Thank you. Sure. You know, there's so many of these Christmas shows that, you know, Oh, okay, which one had Red Skelton, which one had Fred Astaire, which one had Shirley Booth, uh-huh. had Mickey Rooney. I mean, there were, you know, really the Christmas shows during the 60s, like the Bass Rankin shows, they were really some of the last uh, outlets for the old-time radio characters. Yeah, true. And, uh, in fact, I don't, um, I know Maury Amsterdam was... One of the characters, the caveman, and one of the shows, one of the Rudolph, no, was it Rudolph? Or, yeah, I think it was the Rudolph, the Red-Nosed Reindeer show. Hmm. 
Wow. Do you have Do you have a favorite? I'm asking everybody for favorite movies, favorite radio shows. What? Do, let me Let me go through my list here. We have um, favorites. Your favorite Christmas movie, Christmas story, Christmas TV show, children's story, or radio show. I like the Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh yes. Special. Yes. All right. Now, I don't, know, I don't know if you noticed the other night, I think it was Thanksgiving night, or maybe it was the Friday after, when they were playing the um, Charlie Brown Christmas special on ABC. Mm-hmm. There was also a new Charlie Brown special on Fox. That's what, yeah, my family went and watched the one on Fox, and we were, we were all disappointed. And, and I was disappointed. I moved on. And it just... It seemed to me, and Walden, help me with this. Mm-hmm. We, you and I talked about this for a little bit. It seemed that they took pieces of other Charlie Brown specials and put them together. And I, made, I made that same comment. It looked like the new one that was on Fox, it was done, the animation was done by Warner Brothers, I believe. Huh? And it seemed like they took the old 1960s-style animation and somehow maybe... You know, did it through you know CGI, huh. and came up with this new story. Yeah, it, it, they tried to make it a seamless production, and it had bumps all the way through it. Well, also it struck me. I remember as a kid, so what made the story Brown so you had two, three different stories woven into one special. This one they kept just one story, so there was not enough to keep for a full hour. Mm-hmm. If they would have cut it down to a half hour, I think it would have held up better. Mm-hmm. But trying to stretch it to an hour production with just one storyline, yeah. it's tough to and do. And when you pick Charlie Brown as your favorite, um, I'll, I'll say animated Christmas show, are you talking about the one with the wimpy Christmas tree that they dressed up? Yes, I like the one with the graphic blandishments. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> if you look at the credits, where they, instead of listing, I guess, cartoonist or whoever was drawing the show, uh, that's the term they use, graphic blandishment. How interesting is that? I never saw that. I have to laugh when I see that term. It's like, you know, you know, where else would you see that term? I don't know if Charles Schultz came up with that term. Only in Hollywood do you see that term. (laughs) Blandishment. Yes, yes. But uh, I wondered, too, there have probably been very few times when you've had the same, you know, you know, you had the peanuts on competing channels. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there was a time, wasn't there like a, uh, wasn't there a Ford show that was like on all three networks back in the 50s? When the same program or something similar were on competing channels. So you're saying that Ford sponsored the same uh, sponsored the same same time spot all at the same time on three different yes. networks? Yes, I think there was a show back in the '50s. I, I can't come up with the well, name. I, I Maybe think, it was. Yeah, I think that were on all three channels at the same time. Wow, I know uh, Art Linkletter told Frank Percy one time he was the only one that had an exclusive contract with three different networks. Wow. So he was on three different networks and had exclusive of each one. How can you be exclusive? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this guy was an operator. (laughs) I mean, gee willikers. It makes you wonder if everybody talked to each other and knew about it. (laughs) 
right. I looked. Kind of sounds a little like Mr. Haney from Green Acres. I'll give you the exclusive, exclusive, you know, uh-huh. rights to this, <laughs> you know, show right here. Have to get. But, but I have to get it back from the other person first. <laughs> Blandish, blandishment. Do you know what it means? I just looked it up. I thought it was, uh, well, graphic would be, you know, picture and blandishment, I think, would just be decoration. That's what I would have thought, like embellishment. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's it, The definition is to coax by flattery or fwiggling, and cajoling is in there as well. Now, it just... Do you do, with, do, you do that with a stick? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a cattle prod or something. I don't know. But, I mean, this is really interesting. What, how would it how would it fit in that context? I don't know. I, I, not with that definition. And and that's let me see out here as well. Blandishing uh, to coax by flattery. Um, it's a Middle English or an old French word root. Um, my neighbor's banging on the wall here. <laughs> Making too much noise. Um, something as an action that tends to flatter, coax, in, or entice. Hmm. How about that? Well, I bet in Hollywood it means something a little different. Well, I, I would, I would guess so. Did did somebody coax? Well, everybody coaxed Charlie Brown. That's true. I hear there's a lot of coaxing in Hollywood. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is true. Well, are you in the market for a question tonight? I guess I am. Oh, I wanted to thank you, too, for I I, I was so busy working, I didn't have a chance to listen to the uh, auction, but I did go on and I saw the list. I saw where you saw where you sent in what I had won that um the, uh, the CD. The Matthews CD. Yes, you yes, bet. that's right. You yes. Bet. Just so taken that so many people gave up and, and just said, well, please just go ahead and send it to the auction rather than keeping them for themselves. So I, I thank you very much for helping on that. Once sure. again, the Saturday night family comes through and take care of Yesterday USA. No, I mean, I mean, such special people. We are so blessed to have such special people. Okay. How, how did the auction do? Did it? Really well. Yeah, $3,791, and I think somebody must have donated some extra money on top of that. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm for another year. So, that's all good. Kim is, Kim is ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Um, Heard they're under the weather. Yes. Yeah. Yes. addresses of the people who will get them so as soon as I get them off to the post office they go thank you we now return to our regularly broadcasting <laughs> um, so do you want a radio show or a Christmas show Christmas? Yeah, sure I'll take a look for radio I'll take graphic blindness books for 200 <laughs> if we got, I've got one that I can cajole <laughs>
Clarence was on Earth to earn his angel wings. What happened when he earned his wings? What happened when an angel earned his wings? How did we know that? You hear bells. You heard bell ring. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. That was good. All right. You, you get a prize for that one. Because not everybody knows that. Yes. And, oh, and that reminds me, too. Um... Nick, the bartender. Yes. Sheldon Leonard, correct? Nick, who's bartender? It's a wonderful life. Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, I bet the movie, I think that is Sheldon Leonard. Yes. I think it is. And, yes. And it seems like, I, I don't know if it's because I've just recently watched uh, It's a Wonderful Life, but I hear him in several radio shows here. Of course, you hear him at the Count mm -hmm. on uh, Jack Benny. Mm -hmm. You hear him uh, he's playing the gangster part on mm -hmm. Phil Harris Alice Bay. He always made a good gangster. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was a uh he was a stockbroker in New York when the market fell and so he turned to acting to make a living and that's how he got started. And when did he first begin producing? Was that for Dan? Yeah, I was in the six, in the late sixties and of course his first big one. Well, he died in the 50s, but the one that put him on the map was the one with uh, Bill Cosby. You know, really? My Spy. Uh-huh. That was the show the who produced that show. Mm hmm So that put him on the map. Another multi-talented person. Oh, yeah. Gosh, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mike. Certainly. And it was interesting, um, when he wrote his autobiography, he just went and bought a computer to learn how to write his book, and... Mm -hmm. Uh, the publicist, his publicist called John and Larry, and he said, and make sure John and Larry got the book, and wanted to make sure they read the book before they did the interview, and of course they did. And, but they had a great time over at his place, just, of course, talking about Jack Benny and all those great, great radio shows. Very remarkable man. Oh, yeah. Remarkable man. Okay, Dan, we're, in, we're going shopping now. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, do I carry your packages? Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. We're going shopping in the CD store. Yes. What would you like me to send you? Oh, okay. Let's see now. I'm trying to think what what would be good. What what do you what do you have new that you could send out? New and brand new. Wow. What? Found anything recently? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I should have kept track. But you know what? I have hundreds of these things. Give me a, give me a hint of the genre, like um, mysteries, detectives, comedy, drama. Well, one series she got new that she put together for Ron from uh, Rogers of the Gazette. Really? I've yes. never heard of this. Yeah, that's uh, it's Will Rogers, Jr. Yes. Mm hmm That's Will Rogers, Oh. <laughs> And with Polly Bear and Joyce Ellis and the Gunsmoke cast, and it's, mm -hmm. that's that's in a small town newspaper. Yeah, it's got, I've called it a kind of folksy version of Frontier Gentlemen, not not because it's it's a crispy critter type thing, but because it's got the the people challenges, and um, Will Rogers goes about it with a good sense of humor and common sense, and it, you know it's just a fun show. Hmm. You know that is that. That is so intriguing. I don't believe I've ever heard one of those. And I enjoyed Parley Bear. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, I guess one of his last roles was as Doc Appleby on The Dukes of Hazzard. Oh, 
Yep, but you know, and beyond that, he, you know, what he kept till the day he passed away, or couldn't, he couldn't talk anymore. What he was a, commer a commercial spokesperson for what product? Keebler. That's right. Yes. What did it win? And, and okay, now the you know, the character, the character he played. You remember the name of the character? Uh, yeah, Ernie the Keebler. Okay, now here's the question. Wow. Who was Ernie? Who was who was named Ernie named after? Hmm, good question. That uh, I think I knew this maybe eons ago. Yep, you probably um, did. Do I know? You probably did. Probably did. You probably did. Ernie, Ernie, Ernie. Um, was Ernie a real person? Yes. Was Ernie the um, fellow from Ohio? No. Okay. And I forget Ernie's last name from all. Ernie? Ernie it, from uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Nope. No? Okay. There wasn't Ernie there. I know. Ernie, I know. It's Ernie Pyle. I know. But this is a really true life person named Ernie. Well, so was Ernie Pyle. I know. He was. <laughs> Ernie Pyle from Indiana. Ah. Okay, go ahead. It was. <laughs> it, 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 it's Polly Bear's wife's first name. Ernie? Yes. Like Ernestine? Yes. Oh my goodness. And so they named the character on behalf of Polly's wife. Well, of all things, did yeah. he originate the character? Yes. Wow, and that would have been like in the early 60s? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's incredible. Yeah, but that, that's, that's why they dubbed the uh, Polly Bear's wife. That is so sweet. Yes. So he, he got to be Ernie, Ernie Ernestine. Um, that's a good pair. Uh-huh. Ernestine. Yeah. Yeah. She, she came from a long, long family of circus people. She was a back, uh, she was a rider on horses. And they have to, they met the met through the circus. Because most people know that Polly was combination circus announcer, you know, the circus ringmaster, and also a lion tamer. I was just going to say lion tamer is in there. <laughs> Thank you. You said you were a lion tamer, Patricia? See? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it from all sides from you guys. <laughs> Miss ESPN does not do lions. <laughs> you know, how many radio performers were came out of the circus? Because uh, Red Skelton, he was a circus. Uh huh. That's right. Yes. Um, Wonderful question. I don't know. Well, you know, uh, Harry James. Mm -hmm. Uh, he started playing. He started playing in the circus when he was three years old. Mm -hmm. He was a, a contortionist. Wow! And once he had an injury as a little boy, that's when he picked up the trumpet. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I think some of the character actors were clowns and things in the uh, Kovac. Um, but there must have been a few. I, I can't think of what else. You know, I think it was always. Every little boy's dream of that generation to run away and join the circus. Mm -hmm. They're here in the Midwest for uh, the Farm Bureau insurance. They have a great commercial. Um, it portrays Red Skelton as a newspaper boy selling newspapers with uh, Ed Wynn going up and recreating that first meeting of, uh, of Red being in Vincennes uh, when uh, Ernie, or when uh, Ed Wynn comes to town. Oh, and uh, is that? Ben, 
Wynn buys all of his newspapers so he can come and watch Wynn at the um, in Vaudeville, uh, his Vaudeville show. Oh, wow. And it's really authentic, and it's like, you know, it, it just reminds me of, you know, the... Um, of, uh, really, I guess, the hard times that Red Skelton had, you know, as, and, and anybody in, you know, in, you know, that uh, time period, you know, just yeah. how rough things really were, you know, I, I heard stories about my uh, dad, who was born in 1931, you know, during the Depression, just how bad things were, you just did not have money like you do today, I mean, you know, today it takes a lot of money to pay the bills back then. It was just so hard to come up with money. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everybody had bills and nobody could pay them. I, mm -hmm. I know we've yeah. gone through a really bad year the last five years for the economy, but I am always, I always compare it to what the people of the Great Depression went through, and mm -hmm. makes you wonder yeah. how tough it really was back in the thirties. We've talked about the the mindset and the the cultural place we're at right now where people could never, ever come come to grips with shortages the way the people in World War II did. Mm -hmm. Making do with what they have and not buying cars and, and having rationing in areas that they're just so accustomed to walking in and, and buying anytime they want. They just couldn't do it. The people today could not do it. And I don't know what they would do. They'd probably fly off buildings like some of them did in, in 1929. Well, even up until the, my parents were um, married in 1958, and uh, my mother worked in a, at the Lincoln Bank in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, they only had one car. In fact, my mother never drove until, you know, about 20 years, well, 15 years after they got married, um, they bought the second car. And um, my dad would work construction jobs, and they would carpool, they would... You know, she'd have to be at work at nine. And, you know, he would sometimes have to go in and work 12-hour days. Mm -hmm. And if he had to leave, you know, at five in the morning, she would get ready and go to work with him. And she would just, you know, uh, try to find places until uh, her, you know, business opened. You know, and then she would have to stay late till he, you know, uh, got done with his work. And you know, then they'd go home. And mm -hmm. it was not unheard of for them to have 12, 13, 14-hour days. Well, then, because of the limitation of having just the one car. Yeah. Well, then, were you and I talking about the one car versus two cars this week, or what no, did I talk to? No, we haven't talked about that topic this week. No. I talked to somebody about it. Gosh, I'll have to put on my thinking cap. And we were talking about uh, comparing today's economy with the Depression, mm -hmm. where so many people didn't even have cars. And even coming into the 50s and 60s, having two-car families was very unusual. I, I think so. Um, also, I think another factor is, let's face it, people did not have insurance in the 30s. No. We didn't worry about car insurance, health insurance, real estate insurance. Okay. All those things were not a factor when today's society is. So much mm -hmm. extra, extra expense that people yeah. have to kick care one. of. I yeah. got thumped in the parking lot this this week. You did? Oh, goodness. Poor poor little Toyota baby has a big boo-boo. Oh, oh, man. But when we're talking about insurance, you know, I called this poor guy and said, look, I'm, I have to go in for an estimate for repairs, but would you like me to call you ahead of time before I have it done? Because if it's not a big deal, you know, if they can just pop out the dent and polish up the paint, um, 
it, it might wind up less expensive than what's going to happen to your insurance premiums going up. And he was just so grateful that I called. So that's what I'm going to do. I'll bring it in for an estimate on Monday. I know, years ago, and this was 10 years ago, anything under $700 you can try to do it without your try to do it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because eventually, I mean, ultimately, in the end, it's going to cost him a whole lot more. And he, he understood that. And he, and he said, yes, by all means, give me a call. And if it's affordable out of pocket, I, he would prefer to do that and not make a claim through the insurance company. I mean, I'm, I'm very fine with that. But when you look at insurance, the way we have insurance set up today, and you're saying correctly so that nobody had insurance. Mm -hmm. If your house burned down, your neighbors came together and did the best they could to help you out, and, yep. and you know they, they did the barn raising, and everybody joined in and raised the walls on the barn. Yeah. But, but with this, the poor guy has been paying for insurance his entire life. I've never had an accident, and you know I'm fortunate that I didn't cause the boo-boo. Um, <clears throat> but you pay for insurance for your entire life, and then when you need it, your rates go up. Uh -huh. some, or you get canceled. There's something, yeah, mm -hmm. there's something wrong with this picture. Mm -hmm. We're still paying hurricane surcharges on our house insurance and renter's insurance. And I called the insurance company and said, you know, I mean, we're talking about 2004 and 2005. How many years does it take to recover from hurricane losses? And my unspoken question was, how come you weren't prepared for it? You're living in hurricane country, for gosh sakes. So, Weren't, weren't telephone excise uh, taxes put on to pay for the... Uh, uh, in World War II. Spanish-American War in 1897. Something like that. Frank Z says on a tape, he remember the telephone search tax put on during World War II. And so they promised that they were going to take the tax off once the war is over. Mm -hmm. So Frank says, awesome, said he doesn't believe World War II ended yet. <laughs> and we're in debt now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's no such thing as canceling a tax. I mean, it's just ludicrous to even think that that could happen. So. And we have some very bright people in our colleges. We have some very bright people today, you know, in their 20s, 30s, and, you know, even younger than that. But I had a conversation today about my first car with a 20-year-old, and my first car was a 1973 Nova. And I said, how much do you think that 1973 Nova cost? He said $20,000. I wow. said, $20,000? Do you know what $20,000 in 1973 would have been? Uh, you know, it ended up that the Nova was like $2,900. You know, it was just under $3,000. And, you know, I tried to explain to him, do you know how much $3,000 was in 1970? Yeah. Um, you know, a friend of mine, his parents bought a brand-new house like in 1960 for $9,000, and mm -hmm. you know, things have just got, you know, going up exponentially My. over the years, and I guess, you know, we don't think about with these trillion-dollar deficits that we have now. Yeah. yeah, one of the things that I pull up periodically, depending on which shows we're going to be playing, is what things cost in that particular year. And mm -hmm. Stamp is always three cents, by the way, if you haven't Stamps tell. Stamps are always three cents. <laughs>
three cents. We've got a show from the 1920s, and it was three cents, I think. You know, but in 1949, the average cost of a house was $14,500. Mm-hmm. Yes. When, when you say 1950, it sounds a whole lot more current than 1949. But when we're talking $14,000 for a house, and 20 years later, you're paying almost $3,000 for a car. That's a heck of a chunk of an annual salary. My dad remembers uh, in 1949, you were earning big money if you could make $5,000 a year. Indeed. The min- that was big money. Minimum wage was 40 cents an hour. Yeah. And Hold on to your wallets, folks. Yeah. 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 I have a, a three-bedroom ranch house, about 2,000 square feet, I believe. It was built in 1987. I bought it in 1993. I paid fifty-six thousand four hundred for it. Wow. What do you now, think the value is today? Uh, before the housing crash and all, uh, the same. There are there are six homes on my cul-de-sac here. Mm-hmm. We're all built by the same people by the same construction firm. Uh, they have all. Uh, most of them have sold in the neighborhood of a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. So, in fact, one's up for sale now, and it's like, you know, I think I bought it at the right time. And plus, I've got an acre of ground here, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that's just not heard of other places from what I hear. Well, I do appreciate your calling and for adding Charlie Brown. Do you, do you want to add anything else to the list, like um, a children's story or a radio show? You know, something I think I'd like to have is um, what was uh, – James Stewart's um, Western. The Six Shooter? The Six Shooter. Yes, yes, yes. I'd like to have a copy of that. Well, you may have that. I've got the entire run. Okay. It was just one year, right? Yep. Correct. Yep. What, Great. 30 episodes? 38. 36, I think I have. Does that sound right? 39? Uh, 36, 39 episodes, something like F39. that. 39. Okay. Great, great series. It's my favorite Westerns. Is it? Yeah, and he he quit that uh, sh- he quit the radio show because it was going to be sponsored by well, a cigarette company. Basically, well, he had control. The, you know, they just couldn't find sponsors, and he would uh, cigarette manufacturer wanted to sponsor it and turn it down. Mm-hmm. So uh, Coleman, the you know outdoor mm-hmm. uh, sponsored for one or two weeks, and that's about it. But. Uh, mm-hmm. It was this, it was directed and directed by the same guy who did Johnny Dollar, Jay Johnstone, Jack Doc Johnstone. Oh, how interesting! Yeah, I had read in one place that it was Chesterfield, but I don't have That's any way. Probably of... right. Uh huh. Now, what year was that? Was, was he trying to get out of the movie business? No. Or fifty three to fifty four. So by uh-huh. then, Jimmy was starting to do all the westerns in in TV, but he also. Uh, just before he had a great blockbuster movie, The Glenn Miller Story. Yes, uh-huh. And that's the same time when he did the radio show. A lot of movie stars started to venture in having their own radio production companies. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Alan Ladd had his Mayfair production, which he produced Box 13 and Damon Runyon Theater. Uh, Humphrey Bogart had his production team that produce his radio show, so a lot of them were trying to dabble in radio besides maintaining their movie career. 
And didn't Dick Powell have a radio show before he went to TV? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he died in the early, what, about 62? 63 or so, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. But, uh, a, a lot of them... Be. A lot of them dabbled in it, and that's... We're, we're very grateful. Yeah, and some of them went backwards. They went from movies to radio, mm -hmm. and then back to movies again. Mm -hmm. Really yeah. interesting. It, it seemed like a very well-produced um, radio show. It is. Yes. Mm -hmm. I would... You know, we have a lot of people who love Gunsmoke. I have a lot of respect for Gunsmoke, but mm -hmm. I would... If I had to choose one or the other, I would still take the six shooter. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, Dan, you you have surrendered so often and said, no, well, I'll wait until next time. So I will send you both Rogers of the Gazette and the six shooter. Okay, that oh, that yeah. will be great. Yeah, I. I uh, we can make your ears happy. Yeah, that'll be nice. So are you are you playing hooky for the rest of the holiday season? You don't have to go back into work. I am playing hooky for well. I, we we shut down here for about a three week period, and uh, I'll be back, going back to work in uh, the first week of January. There's just really uh, well, there's the students left on most of the students left on Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a few around who will stay in town for the for the holidays. Will you who have fly? here and and some of the foreign exchange students uh, they will be here too. Uh -huh. so, wow. Will you enjoy the break and behave yourself? Oh, I will. And call again. Because yes. I miss you when you don't call. That's right, Dan. Yeah, well, I hate calling in. You know, I don't want to, you know, uh, I know other people are trying to get through. And I thought, well, I'll wait a little later tonight because I do not have to be up so early in the morning. Ah, okay. All right. I understand now. Okay. Well, put us on your to-call list or your to-do list. So you will be on next week then? Uh-huh. Okay. Patricia will be on around 12.30. We'll, we'll have to run Dwayne Kill Strip in the Colorado show. Uh, so if you want to listen to the one and only Miss Saturday Night, a.k.a. The Adorable One, a.k.a. The Vigilant One. The Vigilant One. Yes, the one who vigils. The, yes. the, the fearless reader. Uh, she'll be on around 12.30 next Saturday night. All right. And then after Great. that... Then she's got to work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for two weekends in a row. And then the following weekend, she collapses and rests up after doing six days of radio. Now, will you be on live or Memorex over uh, Christmas Eve? Live. Christmas night. Uh, live. Alive and well. So we're going to try to create Merry Christmas cheer. We'll, we'll call Santa else and see how the uh, Santa coming in. Uh -huh. We'll have other prizes, and we'll be up and about. And stuff like that there? You bet. So you put us on your Merry Christmas list, too. Sounds like a plan. All right, Dan. You can. All right. Well, if I don't hear from you or talk to you before, have a good Christmas. Oh, thank right. you, Dan, and thank you so much for calling. All right, anytime. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Thank All you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. You know what? I meant to. I wrote this down too. I meant to ask Dan about this. He said insurance, and I say insurance. How do you pronounce the word? Insurance. And so you have the emphasis on the second syllable. Uh huh. Well, 
a lot of people use insurance, the emphasis on the first syllable. Ah. So that, that would be regional as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've got trivia time, we've got history notes, we've got shows for first-time callers. We haven't had, not very recently, we know in our hearts that we have people out there who listen to us but haven't called. So... We're asking, please pick up the phone and call, and even if you just want to say hey, that is cool. We just love to know that you're out there. If you want to say hi, then hey, we'll accept that too. Yeah, well, yeah, that's good. Say hey. Say hey. Say hey. And we've got Walden's questions, and Who, I'm working me? on bum, brum, bum, bum. Who, me? volume two of Awful Shows. Oh, this will be in a stocking near you next Christmas. Oh, my goodness. You know, there's <laughs> so much to do and so few, so little time. I had no idea how many bad shows were out there. Oh, my goodness. Thank goodness people have saved the good ones. And Patricia's open for nomination, so if you have a bad show, you can email Patricia at floridawriter at hotmail.com. She's always... Looking to add for nominations and suggestions for volume two. Yeah. So, if you have an idea, email her at floridawriter, F-L-O-R-I-D-A-W-R-I-T-E-R, at hotmail.com. Let me uh, give some hints, a uh, couple of my live guests next weekend. Uh, on Monday, I am interviewing Ed Silverman, who is a longtime newscaster in New York who was Bill Stern's right-hand man. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to be talking about Bill Stern, and we'll play that next Friday. And then... Stern has the sports newsreel. That's right. Stories that always left a question about veracity. That's right. And then next Sunday Live, we're going to have a Gene Autry soundalike. His name is Steve Mitchell, and he's from Texas. And he and his man sounds like Gene Autry. So we're going to be playing Gene Autry country music and talk about that. How cool is that? Hello yeah. there, caller. You're on the air. Hi, this is Dennis. Hello, Dennis. Uh, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. I thought I'd call it and, and um, harass you. <laughs> Oh, all right. Wait, wait. Harass, harass you as in collective noun, Walden and me, or just me? Oh, both of you. Oh, good. Okay. But it's your fault. <laughs> okay. We were gonna... it's, it's one of your topics for tonight. Oh, it's, good. Let's see what you made me do time, huh? I see what hey. you made me do. And, uh, well, here it is. This is about words that people pronounce differently. Yes, yes, yes. And um, actually, it's been one of my pet peeves for uh -oh. decades. Uh -oh. And here is the harassment. I will spell it, and I would like you both to tell me how you pronounce it. Oh, dear. N-U-C-L-E-A-R. Oh, my God, is that one of my uglies. I heard it on a radio show today, and I almost went through the roof. It is nuclear. It is not nuclear. It is nuclear. I have always pronounced it on the West Coast, nuclear. Nuclear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you left out a syllable yep. or, or crunched nuclear. a syllable in there. Right. I, I am absolutely on your side. The word is nuclear, like the last letters are clear. The word clear. Nuclear. It is new, clear. And, uh, nuclear. well, 
what made it one of my pet peeves was that George Bush could not pronounce it correctly. Neither could Jimmy Carter, and he claimed to be an, an I'm going to do it to you, Dennis, <laughs> an, a nuclear physicist. Could not well, what's, what's, I was going there, but you did it for me. Okay. But I actually worked with a PhD physicist who pronounced it that way. Oh dear. Oh dear. And uh, since I had him captive, I, I went to his office. Oh dear. Board. Oh dear. And uh, I worked with him. Oh dear. You know, like phonetics. When you're in second grade, <laughs> you to sound out the word. And I got him to pronounce it correctly. Uh-huh. And then when we were all done, he said, you know, I can't hear the difference between the way I pronounce it and the way you say I should pronounce it. You're kidding. And I had to stop and think about that. He said, and I think he was being honest, he said he could not hear the difference. Well, hear himself maybe, I don't know. That, that was really interesting to me, particularly because I've, I've talked to a lot of people who speak lots of different languages. Mm -hmm. And um, one Indian student, um, East Indian, um, he said that we have 13 different ways to pronounce the TH sound. Oh my. <laughs> and he goes, you Americans can only hear three or four. And I go, well, show me the 13. And so he rattled down through them. And I go, you're right. Uh -huh. Only heard four. Huh? <laughs> I Richard, and so was somewhat was somewhat lax about a lot of our things in our culture. So we sort of yeah, don't sloppy, sloppy is the word. Uh huh. I'm trying to be nice about it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that really amazed me because he said he just could not hear the difference between nuclear and nuclear. Really interesting. I thought you might like it. Yeah, well, you just made my hair hurt, but that's okay. <laughs> that's that's one that makes my brain hurt. Yeah, mine too. Thank you so much for making my head hurt. Okay, all right. Um, that was my fault, you're right. Theme, we've got a theme. Your favorite Christmas movie, Christmas story, Christmas TV show, Christmas children's story, Christmas radio show, whatever you want to touch. Favorite something. Well... You know, with me, it's never easy. God, here we go, uh, my damn Walden. Oh, go ahead. Um, I have to say that both in the radio and the TV show, huh? it's not just one show, but across the entire run of the program, uh -huh. Christmas shows that they did on Gunsmoke. Oh, interesting. You're not they the only one who... always just, like, thoughtful uh -huh. and or tearjerkers. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were amazing. Everyone I've ever heard or seen. 
they were all just great. All right, now that raises another question for me. I'll tell you my reactions, and then you tell me how you fit in here. When I look at a Christmas show, when I look at a show during a time that's warm and fuzzy or supposed to be happy, and it turns out to be a tearjerker, it really upsets me. I mean, when and I'm not big on tearjerkers to begin with, but when it happens at times of the year like Christmas, it, it really affects me. I cannot... It bothers me to listen to Bill Black's favorite Christmas show, The Dragnet 22. Oh, The 22. Oh, my goodness. You know, the little boy who you kills know, the his... little boy who's dead, and the, yeah. the father shows up with his toys and tries yeah. to give them to the little boy. Uh, it, it, it just, you talk about... It's a hard show to listen yeah, to. listen to it. Yeah. Oh, I don't mean tearjerkers like that. I know. Oh, you mean... I have, I have a different kind of tearjerker. Mushy, happy tearjerker. Yeah, one where everything is going wrong and it's all sad, and at the very end, it's like... Somebody comes through with presents for the kid. Well, yeah, actually, that was one. That was, I think... Um, I sent Patricia some article this week. Um, one of the classic Christmas shows of all time is the Truth of Consequences show, where they uh, take the uh, bedridden vet via radio back to his hometown in Tennessee, Greenville, Tennessee. And we come across some articles in the last couple of days right up about him 50 years later and what he did with his life after the radio show. And, you know... Um, and he did marry the he, girl. He did marry the girl. He went back and bought, a, fa- bought a farm and, and ran the farm. It was nice to do some follow-up to see... Mm-hmm. What happened? Yeah, I can't listen to that show. I know you can't, but I thought you might get, find the article. Thanks for things. It was very nice to know that there was a success story that followed. Yes. Um, he was paralyzed in a terrible, terrible accident at one of the bases in California, mm-hmm. and um, you know it was hard. His girlfriend showed up, and. Uh, became his fiance on the show or was she already his fiance? No, she was fiance. They married when she got out of the hospital eight years later. She waited she eight, eight. Hung there with him. Eight years. She hung there with him. Yeah. So it was, uh, it's, it's one that, it's like the 22 rifle for you, Walden. Mm-hmm. I can't listen to that one and I, I can't listen to the, the to this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, you know, it, it affects me in a different way from most people because I'm looking at it as making a commercial venture out of someone's terrible catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine that people felt really happy about this poor guy paralyzed in that kind of an accident and knowing that he was going to spend the rest of his life facing medical challenges. I mean, it just it just tears me apart when I think about that. Amen. But, but he made it through. He did. Thank God me, he made it to age 78. He was, wounded, he was injured when he was 19. Just amazing. Yeah. What an amazing person. It's nice that it had a, a better ending than I could have envisioned. Uh-huh. But boy, I, I cannot listen to that show. You know, I put it in the Christmas collections because it is a special show and yeah. it's referenced so frequently, but I don't listen to it. Right. You know, the Christmas dragnet I like 
What? Is looking for baby Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. That's yes. a cute story. I love that yeah. one. Yeah. And also, to go back to the gun smoke, I think some of the always people like the one where uh, uh, Marshall Dillon is riding back and he picks up a sailor and he's reminiscing what the oh. city is like. When you talked about that, um, your, your theme, mm -hmm. that was the first one I thought of. Yep. They're, they're riding back, and uh, he j the sailor just keeps going, just talk about it. And, uh, and then for me, as a kid listening, I didn't really understand what Twelfth Night was until I heard the, uh, the, the Gunsmoke Christmas show when I was a kid. Uh -huh. They realized there was a totally different culture. And the Ozark that celebrate the twelfth night. The twelfth night, which mm -hmm. is uh, the feast of the Epiphany, and um, many Christian religions celebrate the mm -hmm. gift-giving part of Christmas on the Epiphany, which is the twelfth day. When you talk about the twelve days of Christmas mm -hmm. on the first day of Christmas, it goes for twelve days, and it ends on January sixth, which is the feast of the Epiphany. Um. Well, here's something. You might not know about, or you might, I don't know. Um, I got an interesting Christmas present, um, related to Christmas anyway. It was called an Advent calendar. Mm-hmm. 40 days. Know about that. 40 days before Christmas is Advent. And I mentioned that last week when someone talked about the song O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. 40 days of Christmas is a very, or the 40 days of Advent before Christmas is a very solemn time when people are waiting for the arrival of the Messiah. And the 40 days ends, of course, at Christmas time. But during those 40 days, it's a, a solemn time in many religions. And that is the genesis of the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We're waiting for you. Where are you? For example, tomorrow in church, uh, we have like an Advent count, uh, candle ceremony, yes. and we start this every Sunday. Or well, I'm doing the candle ceremony tomorrow, uh -huh. and I'm 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 supposed to be discussing joy, the, uh, while we light the candle joy, uh -huh. and that's how they do it. You know, it's it's a form of uh, you're, Advent. You're probably lighting a purple candle. And then on Christmas, you light the white candle. Oh, I think that's the way to do it, yeah. Because yeah. purple is the, not mourning, but the, the, the solemn color. Mm -hmm. the purple is the solemn color, and white is the celebration color. And in older times, and I don't know if they still do it, but this is really nice that you have the Advent, the Advent um, observances. And they used to do, every week they would do a purple candle until Christmas, and then on Christmas Day, you could light the uh, the white candle. So that's Advent. Advent calendar, yeah. 40 days. So, let's see. So this, what, is, this might start in November, right? Well, yeah. What this, um, what this gift was, it, it was quite it was quite sweet, and I mean that as a pun, because um, it was a box of German chocolates. <gasps> And uh, uh, don't open the box. It's a calendar. Uh-huh. You, you just sit there and smell it. little doors in it. Yep. And you open the door, one each day, mm -hmm. there's a little candy in there. Uh, and typically it's given to children. But since I'm a child at heart... You bet. Um, I got this. And uh, so each day I get a special little 
little chocolate to open up. Now that's really interesting. I would have thought that you would have to open the little door. The little doors open on your advent calendar, Walden. Do you have the little doors that open? I remember when I we had an advent calendar. It was something we hung on the wall, mm-hmm. and I had different things on for each day. Yeah, some sometimes it's written on the calendar, and other times it's got this little paper paper door. You know, it just yeah. opens up. Yeah, I remember the paper calendar, not the door type. Yeah. Uh, and behind that is the observance for each particular day throughout the forty days of Advent. Mm. And you weren't supposed to get to eat the candy until the end of Advent. I don't know. Do you have a friend who really loved you, Dennis? Well, she's she's so cute. Um, she um, she told me about when uh, she was a little girl, huh? and she opened a couple of the doors early, <laughs> and her mom said, "Okay." From now on, you will never get another calendar ever. Oh. Cried and cried and cried. Oh. Goodness, she didn't even get a second chance. Well, her mom relented. Yeah, but still, I mean, how old was she? Oh, five or six. Oh, that's awful. Oh, my goodness, you just hurt my heart. But what, what amazed me was that I had never heard of the advent calendar before. Uh Uh-huh. So, and I get this thing in the mail, and I'm like, what? And, you know, we we only talk on the Internet. And uh, so the next time I go, well, thank you very much. What is this? (laughs) And, uh, well, I told you before, we, we do this teaching English as a foreign language thing over the Internet. And so she goes, you have it? She goes, okay, so now we're going to have the Advent ceremony. So we go in there as our little cartoon characters, and and each week I light a candle, mm-hmm. and um, she tells me an Advent story. Mm. Wow. Which is also a tradition over there, apparently. And Neat. the candles come in different sizes. Uh-huh. And they, the ones that she created in this virtual world, um, they're different sizes. And so the first one is very long, and you light it, and it burns for all of Advent. And the second one is shorter, and you light that, and so on, and they all burn down finally till the end. A very nice tradition. I think it is too. Yep, absolutely. Very. Um, it it emphasizes the importance of Christmas for people who celebrate that particular. Um, it's not a holiday; it's a holy day. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Okay, you want a question for tonight? Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I'm going to ask you a question. Can I ask a question first? Uh-huh. Um, probably for Walden, but maybe for you. Um, with regard to the gun smoke thing, um, did the writers have guidelines? That's 
an interesting question. Or, like, for doing the shows, like, for the Christmas show, like, should it be negative, positive, or you mean, avoid or... Christmas, or... Uh-uh, not... Just guidelines, or did they, did they have multiple shows submitted, and they picked one? Because they always seem to come up with really good ones. I know. Um, I think it depends on what series. For example, Suspense, Escape, those radio shows were submitted by freelance writers. And so it was up to the producer to decide what stories you were going to take. Other series, you had a staff writing team. And they, they worked on it. For example, um, I think one of the great Christmas shows is the one of Duffy's Tavern, where Archie is walking, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the angel comes down and visit Duffy's Tavern and they start walking through the city. Mm-hmm. And that story concept uh, was done on CBS Workshop that Garner was on, and he worked on it and adapted it for Duffy Tavern. So some storylines maybe appeared in a different story or a different radio venue that would adapt it for a particular show. So I think there was really no set pattern, no set rules. And also I think if you look at it, in the 30s and 40s was an early development of Christmas material. We didn't, if you go and look at discographies and things, we did not have that many Christmas songs. So, in the 30s and 40s, we were in the development of all Christmas songs, Christmas stories of that period. That was sort of like a growth period. So, I think it allowed for people for freedoms and thoughts and thinking to come, come up with concepts. And I think we were at a very fruitful period of that creative period. I think you're, I think I agree with you, or whatever that's worth. Well, I, I really I don't know anything. <laughs> I got, at least, it sounds good, right? But, um, yeah, I, I think that um, the 30s were an incredibly creative period, mm-hmm. both in movies and radio. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It sure was. It was, uh, and... Also, I mean, a lot of people worry about censorship and things like that. We did have censorship, uh, people. We The movie started in 1934. Radio did have a censorship thing, but it wasn't based upon ideas or things. They were basically on word choices and things like that. Word choices, mostly, yes. Yes. Uh, they did, did not have cultural considerations. No. Um, religious consideration and no. it was strictly what was appropriate for family listening right. at that particular time right. in our history. Mm-hmm. Okay, give me an example of three words that would be censored in the 30s. Well, damn is one of them. Um, for example, you never heard the word pregnant ever used in radio in the 30s and 40s. She was child. Mm-hmm. Um, or they were expecting mm-hmm. we're going to have a baby, but that that was it, and that that extended to the early years of television. Uh, but the the word damn, I have something here. 
Um, who, who was? There was a thing called a seven naughty words that would never that was uh, that was forbidden on radio. Oh, the seven naughty words was George Carlin. They're still forbidden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seven naughty words. I like that. Yeah. Oh, um, seven uh, words. And then there was uh, generally, but they didn't want anything with double entendres, so the censors would always be looking for that, and. You know, they so they were really concerned about uh, what people would how people would interpret lines, and that way every radio script had to be submitted ahead of time to the censors. Mm-hmm. That's what surprised me so much about a line that went through with um, Harlow Wilcox, mm-hmm. and the words in that particular period meant different things from what. We know them mm-hmm. so that when Fibber and Molly were talking about petting in the balcony, they were talking about spooning and kissing and mm-hmm. kind of leaning on each other's shoulders. Right. It's not the context that we know it today. But there was a line that Harlow Wilcox came out with when um, Fibber accused somebody of being teacher's pet. And Harlow came back and said, mine never did. Now, if that if that didn't, I, I mean, I can't imagine that it, it somehow got past the censors with that. But it was one of those spontaneous ad lib deals that he came back with. Teachers pet, teachers pet, and he said, "Mine never did." Mm-hmm. Well, my teacher never pet, and I know it was just a, an extraordinary line that sneaked through, and maybe maybe they got punished for it later because it was live radio. Well, occasionally uh, once the, it was out, it was out. The Jack Benny writing staff would have backups um, because they knew they were being censored. They would write a far-out line in the script, figuring it's going to be caught, and have a couple ideas in back. So it would wait for them to negotiate what something they really wanted. So they wouldn't put the line they want in the script. They would put the far out line in first, mm-hmm. have the center grab it, and then they could negotiate bringing what they wanted in. Anything looked good after that. Uh-huh. But sometimes they were totally shocked and floored when the original out far line would be accepted. Mm-hmm. All right, now here's the note that I was looking for. It's in my notes for this week. In 1935, David Selznick was ordered to pay what was then a whopping fine of $5,000 to the Motion Picture Producers Association because he insisted that the word damn remain in Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. So he would pre- he paid the fine in order to keep I Don't Give a Damn mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Yeah. Okay. I'll show my ignorance again. Who were these cens- censors? Were, were they government censors paid for by taxpayers? The radio, the radio network had their own in-house censored team. Um, so in radio, it was NBC, CBS had their own in-house uh, thing that the, the script went through. So it was it was an, an external. It was self-regulated. Yes. Oh. And in in motion picture, uh, you know, we had the code period up to 1934, and the industry got so concerned about it, they formed their own in-house body agency. And Hayes, 
I forget the first gentleman's name, ran it. It was called the Hayes Committee. And he was based in New York, and description everything from 34 until, I don't know when they actually disbanded it. But he would be the one in charge and looking over movie scripts. But that was an industry-wide regulation. Mm -hmm. There was not ever done by the government. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Much better. It worked. All right. It you worked. ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> I guess I put you off as long as I can. Oh, you're not going to put me off with this one. All right. This one is hard. Because I originally asked for five, but now I changed it to I want all eight names of Santa's original reindeer. No Rudolph in there. Woohoo! <laughs> I, I bet I won't get there, but I'll give it a shot. Dancer, Prancer, Donner, and Blitzen. Cupid, Comet. Did I say Vixen? Nope. No. You got seven. One more to go. That's all I got. <laughs> it's the first one. It's the first one that you need. Yeah, well, he got Dasher. Dasher, no. Dancer. Oh, Dasher. You got Dasher. Oh, I think uh, it's the other one. That I oh, I thought he missed Prancer. Yeah, I, I think. No, I have to remember Prancer. <laughs> you got Dancer and Prancer. Okay. All right, so I'm sorry. I blew it. Okay. That's you gave it to me. I, <laughs> I thought it was Francis. Seven was good. Dasher, yeah. Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Cupid Donner, and Blitzen. Blitzen. And do you know what? To the top of the wall, to the top of the roof. Yeah. Dash away, dash away, dash away all. Did you hear what he just said? At, yes. At the top of the roof. Roof. Hey, roof. He says roof. Okay. You ready for a little well, joke? I, I think I heard that on all the old-time radio. I bet you put out all the version when they sing that. They mm -hmm. say that that's the way they pronounce it. Oh, all right. Do we? What kind of a bet do we have here? Okay. Um, I bought two-pound box of chocolate. Boy, am I going to win on this one? Because I'm right. I know I'm right. I know I'm right. Oh, gosh. I know right. I'm right. Lots of chocolate. Okay, now, here's... Two pounds. Before I go to Dennis's prize, do you know what Donner is? It's actually D-O-N-N-E-R, and the old German spelling is D-O-N-D-E-R. It's not Donna, like a girl. It's Donner and Blitzen. Hmm. Okay, again? Nope. Blitzen is lightning. So what would Donner be? Thunder. Thunder. Donner and Blitzen are thunder and lightning. So are the reindeers German or English? Well. Donner, Blitzen. Um, I don't know about. Well, I mean the other the other names are all English, but Donner and Blitzen just seemed to fit. And besides, they needed something that sounded similar to Vixen. <laughs> Blitzen and Vixen. Okay, Dennis, what do you want? I'd like to tell you a little joke. Uh-oh. And this is a joke about a ruse. 
Um, a man walked into a bar. He was obviously down on his luck and scruffy. And he had a dog with him. And he sits down at the bar and puts his dog up on the seat next to him. And he goes, I don't have any money. But my dog can talk. Will you give me a drink for a dog that can talk? Yeah. Bartender goes, yeah, okay. Show me your dog can talk. And the man looks at the dog and says, how have things been for us? And the dog goes, rough. And he goes, what's that above our head? And the dog goes, rough. <laughs> and he goes, there you go. And the bartender got really pissed. And he beat the guy up and he grabbed him both by the back of the neck and threw him out in the street. And uh, the guy looks at the dog and the dog looks at the man. And the dog goes, what was his problem? <laughs> he was rough. <laughs> <laughs> Little rough with us. Uh-huh. That's good. Uh-huh. Thought you might like it. Fine. <laughs> Dennis, you got the same coming. What, what else do you want? Um, do you still have that Cloak and Dagger CD there? Because I never got it. Um, I still have the Cloak and Dagger CD here, which means that... Oh, okay. That so you can just put the saint in with in the same envelope, fine. With the Cloak and Dagger, right, and you get a Christmas CD automatically, Christmas shows. Mm -hmm. So what do you get for tonight? My friend Irma? My friend Irma. I do have my friend Irma. You bet. So, she's so sweet. Friendship. Friendship, yeah. Friendship. I even listened to one while I was um, fixing it up for somebody else who wanted my friend Irma. Okay, you've got it. And you guys have a Merry Christmas. If you don't too, talk Dennis. to you before then. Uh, thank you so much, Dennis. Thanks for calling and stay warm. Bye bye. Bye bye. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. So I take the reindeer off the list. That was my fault. I thought I, I thought he missed Prancer. I, I, I thought it was Prancer that he didn't get in. But that's okay. Oh, you were right. It was Dasher. Hello there. You're on the air. Uh, yeah, it's Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Um, well, I'm back on my, my chemo again. Same dose. Mm. And all the numbers, all the numbers are stable. Yeah. Um, it's been a somewhat difficult week, but, uh, at least it's over. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so yep. I found out that I'm ultimately going to lose a tooth, and it may be sooner than I had hoped. Uh. We had hoped that maybe cl by clearing up the sinus infection, it would also help the tooth, but it doesn't seem like it's helping it, and I've had a lot of nausea and stuff because I made the mistake of taking a Motrin, and I shouldn't have because, you know, for the pain, and it just, yeah. between that and the penicillin and everything else, it just uh, jacked my stomach up, so hmm. it's been, you know, a difficult week. Yeah. Um, Walden, you got and sent me a copy of a thing about 
a CD that can be downloaded from the uh, Internet Archive. Uh-huh. You need to, to send that to Patricia. Which I have. Okay, because, and maybe she can find out, because I could not find, and I tried using the words that he put, okay. but I could not download it. L Larry Gassman figured it out. He's supposed to put in, oh, I guess we had to bring up, Arthur and Louie uh, have uploaded the complete uh, five album set of Jack Benny Golden Age, Golden Age of Radio back in the mid-60s that was put out by Long Janine. And Larry found out she, the only way she could find it is she put Jack Benny and the name of the album into the search engine. I do have it. He did put it up on SendSpace, and I would be happy to send the link. However, what he did, Walden, was to take all of the pieces right. and put them in separate files. So ah. each time you click, you get two minutes, and then you have to click another one, and they're not all in sequence. So... I, I'm, I guess I'm in.